politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. You know, it's crazy when the Hunter Biden scandal heats up in such a way that the media just can no longer ignore it, including CBS News. That's right. Actually reporting on this. Can you imagine this? They're reporting on the Hunter Biden scandal. Even the Washington Post actually examined his emails. Look at that, huh? Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're having a great day today. Uh, Much to discuss today, including how uh, Biden is going to tap the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to try to lower gas prices. Uh, Hey, listen, pal, we we get we know the little scam here and that's going to last us about three days anyway. So nobody's buying this. All right. Nobody's buying this. We're not idiots. They do. They really do think we're idiots, don't they? They really do. Let's see here now. Um, the Hunter Biden investigation. Here's a little bit from CBS News. Catherine Herridge reporting. CBS News is lucky they they have her. Honestly, really lucky. But apparently now, and this is amazing, two men who worked with Hunter Biden when his father were VP were just called to the grand jury last week. Take a listen. We also have new information this morning about an ongoing investigation into President Biden's son Hunter. Federal officials are looking at his foreign business dealings, including his ties to a Chinese energy company. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge is in Washington. She's been following this for us. Catherine, good morning. Good morning, Tony. The investigation began as a tax inquiry years ago and has expanded into a federal probe involving the FBI and IRS. A source familiar with the investigation now tells CBS News two men who worked with Hunter Biden when his father was vice president were called to the grand jury last fall. Multiple sources tell CBS News that the federal investigation into Hunter Biden's <laughs> business practices is broader than previously known. I got to just pause this for a minute. For a minute. Um, I, I, I just I love the fact that the media, the same media that told us to go uh, screw off in the fall is now having to admit all of this. Isn't it just, I don't know, karma or something? But it would be nice if we talked about it in October before the election. I mean, it would have been nice, right? Maybe voters could have made a more educated decision. When they went to the polls, but I digress. The probe is exploring whether the younger Biden and his associates violated tax, money laundering and foreign lobbying laws. Records reviewed by CBS News and documents released by Republicans in Congress indicate multiple financial transactions involving an energy company called CEFC. Republicans accused the business of being an arm of the Chinese government. In 2017, the year Joe Biden left the vice presidency, a $1 million retainer was signed with the Chinese energy company for Hunter Biden's services as a lawyer. His client, a CEFC official, Patrick Ho, was later convicted on international bribery and money laundering charges for unrelated work in Africa. Here you have... Hunter Biden. This week on the Senate floor, Republican Chuck Grassley presented financial records that he said showed six-figure payments from the Chinese energy company to Hunter Biden's firm. This is $100,000 from what is effectively an arm of the communist Chinese government direct to Hunter Biden. Allegations about Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings reached a fever pitch during the 2020. You know, let me stop it there again for a moment here. Uh, the, the fact that 
Congress is now having to deal with this as well is pretty interesting. There's a lot of Republicans wanted this to just go away. I mean, Joe was their buddy, right? Joe was their buddy. They served with him for all these years in the Senate. It was their pal. It was their pal. Campaign. Where's Hunter? And on Tuesday, former President Trump pushed an unproven claim about Hunter Biden's business dealings in Russia, calling on Vladimir Putin to release any damaging information. I would think Putin would know the answer to that. I think he should release it. This was the response from the White House. What kind of American, let alone an ex-president, thinks that this is the right time to enter into a scheme with Vladimir Putin? An attorney for Hunter... A scheme with Vladimir Putin. If Vladimir Putin has anything harmful on Hunter Biden, release it. Oh, that's a scheme. Got it. Okay. All right. I know that's... We're supposed to be outraged about that today. That's what the the, uh, outrage du jour is supposed to be about, just in case you're wondering. It's uh, supposed to be outrage that Trump asked if Putin has anything on Hunter Biden. Not what Hunter Biden's done, mind you. Not bad. It's not bad at all. And I'm sure the gnashing of teeth will follow if it hasn't already and the clutching of pearls. Oh, my God, how dare he ask that? But here's the thing, though. Uh, You know, law enforcement does ask bad people for information all the time, right? All the time. They don't don't not go to the mafia to get information on a corrupt public official because they go, this is not the time to enter into a scheme with the mafia. You know, when the mayor is facing so much and just because there's allegations that maybe he took money... (laughs) For them to open up a new bocce ball court, this is not the time for you to uh, go to the mob and let the mafia have a deal with... I mean, it's so stupid. I mean, you're constantly engaging with bad actors when you're trying to find information on bad people because bad people tend to do bad things with other bad people. You don't, you don't run to the parish priest... You go to the, you go to, well, maybe you do. I don't know. It depends on the parish, I guess, really. I mean, that wouldn't be the first time that a priest colluded with the mafia in the history of of uh, the world. But, you know, I'm going off track here. You know what I mean? Here we go. Biden did not respond to CBS News regarding his business dealings. Last year, he told correspondent Anthony Mason on CBS This Morning that the president did not financially benefit. Have you ever given your father money from any of your no. business ventures? No. Nothing. Nothing. Directly or indirectly? Directly or indirectly. The White House declined to comment on the record and referred reporters to an earlier statement that President Biden has never considered being in business with his family or any business overseas, Gail. The question, though, is did he help his son is the question. Did he help his son do it? That's the real question that I have. This even made the CBS Evening News last night with Nora O'Donnell. I know. Fascinating, right? Multiple sources tell CBS News that the federal investigation into Hunter Biden's business practices is broader than previously known. The probe is exploring whether the younger Biden and his associates violated tax, money laundering and foreign lobbying laws. Business records reviewed by CBS News and documents released by Republicans in Congress indicate multiple financial transactions involving Hunter Biden, his firm and a Chinese energy company called CEFC. Republicans allege that the company is an arm of the Chinese government. In 2017, the year after Joe Biden left the vice presidency, a $1 million retainer was signed with the Chinese energy company for Hunter Biden's services as a lawyer. His client, a CEFC official, Patrick Ho, was later convicted of international bribery and money laundering charges for unrelated work in Africa. This week on the Senate floor, Republican Chuck Grassley presented financial records that he said showed six-figure payments from the Chinese energy company to Hunter Biden's firm. 
By the way, he doesn't. Chuck Grassley doesn't have to show it. It's there. It's documented. Even the Washington Post documented it as well. By the way, it's hilarious too when uh, when you go through and you look at. Here's how the Post analyzed Hunter Biden's laptop. Two experts confirmed the veracity of thousands of emails, but say a thorough examination was stymied by missing data. It's like they always have to put in that little caveat whenever they're dealing with a Democrat. Like with a Republican, it's unsubstantiated allegations. But with a Democrat, even when they have the evidence, it's but even though they did this uh, this very thorough examination, they still spilled coffee on their knee. You go, um, um, okay, what does that have to do with anything? Well, nothing, but we, it's a Democrat, so we want to make you think that maybe it's not true. But we know it's true. We know it's true, too. But we want you to think maybe there's a chance it couldn't be true. Well, could it not be true? No, 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 no it's totally true. But we still have to give you that reasonable suspicion of disbelief. Oh, all right. Uh, meanwhile, over at ABC News, uh, they basically found a way to uh, essentially now uh, defend Hunter. NBC completely ignored this. CBS, to their credit, covered it. And ABC basically now went in and defended him. This is uh, from our friends over at Newsbusters Media Research Center. They do great work over there. Tonight, reports that the Justice Department's investigation into the tax affairs of President Biden's son, Hunter, is intensifying. Sources telling ABC News that in recent weeks, a grand jury in Wilmington has heard from a parade of witnesses about payments Hunter Biden received while on the board of the Ukrainian gas company, Burisma. I, for one, love a parade. I love a parade. I'm sorry, I'm not going to sing. I promise not to sing in the podcast. I made that solemn vow to you a while ago, but I do love a good parade. Who doesn't? Am I right? So a parade of people going into the grand jury in Wilmington makes me happy. And also about how he paid his taxes in recent years. Or didn't. Biden served on the Burisma board when his father was vice president, something he's admitted was a mistake. Did I make a mistake? Well, maybe in, in, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. But did I make a mistake based upon some unethical lapse? Absolutely not. Federal prosecutors are also looking into how Hunter Biden reported money from business deals in China. This hearing will come to order. In his confirmation hearing, Attorney General Merrick Garland vowing to be independent. President Trump is making headlines tonight after publicly calling on Russian President Vladimir Putin to release potentially damaging information about President Biden's son, Hunter. We get more from Garrett Hake. Long as Putin Tonight, former President Trump facing bipartisan backlash to these new comments asking President Putin for dirt on the Bidens. Why did the mayor of Moscow's wife give the Bidens, both of them, three and a half million dollars? So now I would think Putin would know the answer to that. I think he should release it. Mr. Trump referencing findings from a 2020 report by Senate Republicans into Hunter Biden's business dealings in Ukraine. Lawyers for President Biden's son say there was no payment. Mr. Trump's new request echoes. Well, the lawyers say no payment. And by the way, they flash that in red all throughout the street. No payment. That's what his lawyers say. What do you think the lawyers are going to say? Oh, no, there's definitely a payment. Our client's guilty. Guilty as sin. Uh, and don't you love how NBC makes it all about President Trump, too? Whining. Lester Holt whining. Former President Trump is making headlines tonight. How about Hunter Biden's making headlines? Like if Hunter Biden didn't do any of these things, there'd be no headlines to make. I'm just saying. Uh, the, the investigation appears to be far from over. ABC defending Hunter Biden. Well, it's far from over. I'm just saying this could go a long way here. You know what I mean? Huh? This could go a long way. Could be, could be a long time till it's over. 
And isn't it something too that the, the, his tax affairs, his tax affairs, no, it's not how he paid his taxes. It's how he didn't pay his taxes. Because when you cheat on your taxes, you're not paying them properly anyway. His, his tax affairs, you see. <laughs> oh, the media is delicious, aren't they? they they're just, I, they, I, I really, I genuinely love them. I love them to keep giving me such wonderful content every day, every day. Every day, whether it's the Washington Post or and you know that deep down inside, they have such a love hate relationship with themselves because they know that they're awful. They know that they're guilty, but they also know they have a job to do, which is to help Democrats. And so what are they supposed to do? You know what I mean? They got to do what they got to do. They got to help it. They got to They got to do what they got to do. They got a job here. Uh, I have to also get into the vampiric one. Nancy Pelosi speaking about covid money. And uh, there's a lot to do. I mean, it's just it's it's just a lot. But let me share with you one more thing on Hunter Biden here. Dan Abrams from Mediaite, which is a total lefty rag site, he he went into great detail and said basically like this. Ready? Here's the media coverage on Hunter Biden. The left is ignoring it. The right is overstating it. And he said it's also true that many in the left leaning media want to pretend like this is a non-story. That's true. They do. But we won't let Let's them now, will we? the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Now, moving on to gas for a moment, uh, because a lot of these politicians in Washington have it. They have a lot of it, as a matter of fact. Here is Speaker Pelosi trying to get the words out about Putin's pump price, pump price, something or other. All right? Now, remember something. When you have fangs, they very often cut into your own mouth. This is a problem for the for the vampiric community, you have to understand. And I feel bad for them. And I have long been a defender of uh, vampiric rights. Now, here's what happens very often. When you have uh, a fang that usually the upper fang and lower fang often and then right into the cheek, you know what I mean? So I have suggested Dr. Mike Venaria, my dentist, help out with the vampiric ones. Um, but they're very, they want night appointments and they're difficult to come by, you know, a little bit inconvenient for the dentists themselves. So anyway, anyway, here, take a listen. Um, and again, part of that justice is lowering cost. Right now, of course, we have the Putin price hike at, at the pump. And it is uh, you hear that? Uh, something that has you to hear be. That? that sucking of the, of the, of the fangs after a nice blood meal. You know what I mean? We have the Putin price hike at the pump. Well, Mr. Little, Mr. Little, uh, intern juice up here. Right now, of course, we have the Putin price hike at, at the pump, and it is uh, uh, something that has to be addressed. It, it, the price of of uh, oil and gasoline, uh, gas at the pump started mm. going up when he started circling uh, Ukraine mm. uh, and uh, Kyiv, and it is, um, well even before he went in, but as he showed his intentions. But it's it's beyond that. By the way, gas was going up a long time before that. But let's pretend like it was just when Putin decided to start circling Kiev and, Kiev and Ukraine, all right? Started to circle it, you know. You know, like, say, a, uh, I don't know, a bat circling its prey. I'm just, I'm making the analogy. Too, uh, there is very interest in our caucus mm. in stopping price gouging mm. on the mm. part of the of the uh, industry. It's a, about uh, passing on whatever we might pass to alleviate the price at the pump to the consumer. Mm. Uh, it's about use it or lose it in terms of the nine, about 9,000 
well uh, uh, licenses that are permits that are there for the private sector to uh, to yeah. produce mm-hmm. more oil domestically. Mm-hmm. So there are an array of um, challenge, uh, issues. That the president will be making his statement later, it, consistent with many of the things that are, uh, I've been hearing from our from our members. Uh, you know that uh, the SPRO is already in the uh, public domain and he'll what? be making others. The what? The what? Uh, I can't understand a word she says anymore. The, 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 what's in the public domain? I, the, huh? Why don't you try to go back on that? Later, it, consistent with many of the things that are, uh, I've been hearing from our from our members. Mm. Uh, you know that uh, the SPRO is already in the uh, public domain and he'll be making others. I don't know what the, I have no idea what the hell she's talking about. Uh, how, do you know what this means? Can you translate this for me? Let's see if we can translate this. I'll give you a dollar. We stand up to the bullies of the world, the autocrats and dictators. We stand up for those who are are who are ready to unite. Unite with us, United States of America. All right, very good. Got that? All right. What did he say? Go. Do do. Ah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's it's painful, isn't it? It's 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 painful. But. Look, Biden cares. He does. He cares. He cares about you very much, and he wants to help you through this time of you and rising gas prices and you having to fill your car up and having to heat your house. So he's got a solution for you. Under my plan, which is before the Congress now, we can take advantage of the next generation of electric vehicles that a typical driver will save about $80 a month from not having to pay gas at the pump. If your home is powered by safer, cheaper, cleaner electricity like solar or heat pumps, you can save about $500 a month on average. Yeah, and no big deal about just installing those things. I mean, that's easy. Also, too, just get an electric vehicle. Just go get one, and then you'll save $80 a month. There you go. Just go get one. Forget forget the price of them and back of the car to find and all that. But just go get one, and you'll be good. And the same thing. Just hook up your house to a heat pump, especially if you're in Michigan, because that, that'll really help you out. Heat pumps are very good in places that are typically have warmer winters. Uh, we have a heat pump in our garage turn family room slash game room slash movie room slash uh home studio slash wine cellar uh and it works great most of the time but we also supplement it with a with uh with natural gas because you have to i mean heat pumps are not in the winter when it's really cold they just don't do enough of a job so you have to realize that in much of the country in the winter time, heat pump is not going to do a damn thing. And the other problem with solar panels is for much of the country, there's a lot of, oh, what's the word for it? Um, darkness because it's winter. Right. That's it. But just suck it up and go buy one. You'll be fine. Okay. But president also said today, and he's going to go after the energy companies again. It's there. Remember, this is all it's. So on the one hand, it's Putin's price hike at the pump. On the other hand, it's evil, greedy oil and gas companies. All right. Got it. It's also a moment of patriotism. I want to acknowledge those companies that have already announced they're increasing immediate production. They're investing money to produce more oil and also clean technology we need to reduce our dependence on oil in the future. They have everything they need, nothing standing in their way. And they've indicated they will be producing an extra one million barrels of oil per day. But for those companies that aren't, because we're doing everything we possibly can to stand in your way, there is nothing standing in your way except for me, Joe Biden, standing in your way. 
Uh, and that's what happens, too. I mean, this is because the Democrats don't really want these companies to drill. They have no interest in them doing that. We cannot... I mean... Here we go. More of the vampiric one. We must stop being dependent on energy, not just oil, but other energy products no energy. Uh, from Russia. Got it. Same thing here. Diversification. So, again, we have a short-term problem. We have a long-term opportunity. Opportunity to go into the Green New Deal is what we have. We have to stop being dependent on energy. Think about that, on energy. Biden's budget would raise taxes on American oil and gas production by $43 billion. And, yeah, you know what? You pay for that. No doubt about it. You would pay for it. Don't, don't kid yourself. So that takes us to something else. How do you do that? Do you do it with a, um, a tax on production? Mm. Or, you know, do, do you have the consumers uh, pay for that? Uh, that is, uh, so people are saying, well, how do we put the tax at the doorstep of the, of the tax industry? So. What the, what the hell are you saying? Would you please honestly speak? In sentences. By the way, she was asked if she thinks Judge Thomas should resign. She said, well, I, I, don't, I don't think he ever should have been appointed in the first place. <laughs> uh, let me uh, share a couple of other stories with you that I have today. It's been a very, very busy day, as you can imagine. First of all, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of bored of the whole uh, Russia-Ukraine pitch by the media to try to get us into world war three it's getting a little exhausting to me it really is it's getting exhausting but remember something now it, this idea that this is all putin's fault and everything that's happening right now vis-a-vis -vis oil is because of this war is just an excuse by democrats to try to divert attention away from the fact that on day one president biden launched a war on energy that's just the deal here and even cnbc has to admit that even cnbc cnbc's Kyla Tosh. I think that's how you say her name. Take a listen. That being said, I think the president is trying to thread a very small needle here. On one hand, for months, he has been vilifying the energy industry. On the other hand, uh, what I hear a lot from executives is for the last several years during the presidential campaign, uh, President Biden campaigned on a pledge to ban leasing and permitting on federal lands. There were executive orders early in the presidency to do just that. And only because of legal challenges to some of those actions has some of that activity been resumed. Now uh, he's trying to turn around and say, why aren't you actually producing on a lot of this land? Bingo. And I know that uh, specifically the, the oil industry uh, feels uh, feels uh, you know like the administration has done an about face on that and that it's hard to understand the messaging and what's allowed now might not be allowed 12 months from now. So why would they make a long-term investment in some of that activity? Bingo. Exactly right. Well done. Bravo. Well done. It's exactly right. Why would they? Why bother knowing that this is temporary right now? This is pure politics right now. And that in a few months, it could be the opposite. We could be back to us. I mean, if Putin withdraws tomorrow, they don't have that excuse anymore. And if prices fall globally for other reasons that have nothing to do with Vladimir Putin or because OPEC decides to pump more, whatever. I mean, the markets are impacted by lots of different factors. They could turn around any minute and then just start going after the oil companies again and say, sorry, but we're going to make your life a living hell, in which case they've just invested all this money. This is the point. 
Biden goes on. Now it's patriotic to start drilling and, 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 and spending all this money on the massive cost that it takes to drill. And then they know the rug could be pulled right out from under them. But they're sh- he's shaming the oil and natural gas industries again. He does this all the time. It's what he does. Here's CNBC's Brian Sullivan debunking Biden's 9,000 oil leases talking points. This is a good one. Well, it's weird because on one hand, they're wondering why American companies aren't producing more oil. On the other hand, they're basically yelling at them and bring them in front of Congress and saying it is it is, I would say. And I've had many private conversations with these executives. Whatever you think of the industry, Kelly, they're human beings. They're just blood pumping like the rest of us. And they're like, we're confused. The messages are all mixed. The signals are mixed. And by the way, those federal leases, a lot of them are offshore and you only you only drill on certain tracks. So that 9,000 permits thing is, it's kind of like saying, why haven't you used all of your yard to build a house on every inch? Right, exactly. That's a, that's a, that's a good analogy right there. So that's where, that's where we are with this. Oil firms should pay fees for unused wells. They're unused because you busted the chops of the industry and made them hurt. You made them hurt. That's why they're unused. Let's stop pretending. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's just a joke, this guy. It is a joke. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. In recent months, the administration tried to tap new lines of credit with the Saudis and the others, and now they're turning to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to buy time while refusing to face the hard reality that we must increase domestic production. Tim Stewart saying that from the oil and natural gas industry. White House says they're going to be releasing a million barrels of oil a day for six months. And that is not going to be nearly enough for what we need. It's not going to be nearly enough for what we need. But by turning around and saying, you know, hey, listen, uh, the oil and natural gas companies, what they need to be doing is just pumping more. What the game that they're playing is here is trying to blame them for the war that they've waged, that they've waged. On oil and natural gas industries. And don't for a second believe it's anything else. Because with these people, it's not. It's a complete and utter lie is what it is. It's a complete and utter lie. But we can see right through it, can't we? So a couple of other um, points that I want to make here on uh, all of this. We, I mean, there's there's so much. And, the, and Biden's speech just, just wrapped up a moment ago. So... Biden has announced his use it or lose it policy for oil companies sitting on unused leases that they're sitting on because the administration told them that they couldn't do anything. He attacked oil companies for enriching themselves at the expense of American families. So again, I asked the question, which is it? Is it Putin's price hike at the pump or is it because of greedy oil companies? Because he also says gas prices are up because of COVID and Vladimir Putin. So which is it? Is it greedy, greedy gas prices or is it or is it? Vladimir Putin. Is it greedy gas executives and oil companies or is it Vladimir Putin? I don't know which one it is. I can't figure it out. So maybe you can help me understand this. Maybe you can help me figure this out. Maybe you can help me translate. Here's Biden blaming COVID and Putin, okay? The problem we're facing with gas prices has two roots. First, the pandemic. When COVID struck, demand COVID. for oil plummeted. This is the cause COVID so excuse. So production slowed down worldwide. All right, so this is the cause COVID portion of the excuse. Got it. It's because of the strength and the speed of our recovery, demand for oil shot back up much faster than the supply. That's why the cost of gas began to rise last year. The second route 
is Vladimir Putin. The second excuse the start is of this year, gas. Putin's price pipe at the pump at the pump was about three dollars and thirty cents a gallon. Today, it's about averaging four twenty, four twenty two is higher in many states, nearly a dollar more in less than three months. And the reason for that is because of Putin's war. And now many people are no longer buying Russian oil around the world. I banned the Russian import of oil here in America. Republicans and Democrats in Congress called for it and supported it. It was the right thing to do. But I said at the time, it's going to come with a cost. All right, so it's going to come with a cost. And the cost is going to be you have to pay for it. You're going to have to pay for it by higher gas prices. Got it? As Russian oil comes off the global market, supply of oil drops and prices are rising. Well, he's the most boring now, economic professor ever. All right, so it's Putin's fault and COVID's fault, okay? Now we go into the greedy oil company's fault. Got it? Let's do that. But some companies have been pretty blunt. They don't want to increase supply because Putin's price hike means higher profits. One CEO even acknowledged that they don't care if the price of a, ga- a barrel of oil goes to $200 a barrel. They're not going to step up the production. I say enough. Enough of lavishing excessive profits on investors and payouts and buybacks when the American people are watching. The world is watching. U.S. oil companies made nearly $80 billion in profit last year. And this year, those profits are expected to continue to soar. This is the time, not the time, to sit on record profits. It's time to step up for the good of your country, the good of the world, to invest in immediate production that we need respond to Vladimir Putin, to provide some relief for your customers, non-investors and executives. Look, I'm a capitalist. I have no, no problem with corporations oh, turning to good profits. please stop. But companies have an obligation that goes beyond just their shareholders to their customers. So you see now this is the blaming the greedy oil. Co- so, so which is it? It's Putin's price hike, but then it's oil companies taking advantage of Putin's price hike that was started because of COVID, because COVID, because Putin, because COVID, and now because greed. But no, but he's not at fault at all for making life so incredibly difficult, for literally forcing the oil and natural gas industry to stop exploring, to stop exploration, and to stop drilling, and to stop pumping. It's not his fault at all for killing the Keystone XL pipeline, for banning drilling on federal lands. No, 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 Biden had nothing to do with this. You get it? Good. Their communities and their country. No American company should take advantage of a pandemic or of Vladimir Putin's actions to enrich themselves at the expense of American families. So that's what it says. So this is where he ties it all together. So the companies, the evil, greedy companies are taking advantage of COVID and Putin, and that's why you're paying more. Got it? And sharks with laser beams. Can I just get freaking sharks with freaking laser beams? Is that so much to ask? Huh? Is that so hard to ask? I honestly can't even, I can't take much more of this. I really can't listen to him. But I do like it when he answers himself in the third person because that's always fun for me. When Biden refers to himself in the third person, why not? That's no joke. That's no joke. And then when he, no joke, right? Mr. President, how much in monetary terms do you estimate today's announcement will reduce gas prices and when can Americans expect to see these changes? That's a really important question and there's no firm answer to it. But prices already came down. When it was announced ahead of time that Biden was going to release so much and so much energy from uh, so many barrels of oil from the SPRO, they're already come down. My guess is we'll see it come down, continue to come down. Um, But how far down, I don't think anyone can tell. All right. 
Anybody can tell. We have no idea. We really have no idea because we created this situation. Even though if you'd like to blame anybody but us, you certainly can. You can you can blame anybody but us. But you cannot blame us. Blame anybody else but us. Here's a little montage put together by our friends at Grabian now. Blame literally anybody, anybody for for this, but don't blame us. Here we go. I'm going to work like the devil to bring gas prices down. I will do what needs to be done to reduce the price you pay at the pump. Even if we drilled as much as we could, uh, the price of oil is still set globally. This Keystone pipeline, it would take years for that to have an impact on prices. There's an impediment to production in the United States. And it's called the bankers on Wall Street. Oil prices and, and gas prices are famously something that is largely outside of the direct control of any political figure. The price of oil is very much dependent upon the global supply. And that's manipulated for price by countries that don't always uh, have the same values that we have. That is a consequence of, thus far, the refusal of, uh, of uh, Russia or uh, or the OPEC nations to uh, pump more oil. The gas prices, of course, are based upon a global oil market. That oil market is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is OPEC. Certainly, we all want to keep gasoline prices low, uh, but uh, the threat of the crisis, uh, the climate crisis, certainly can't wait any longer. The significant reason why prices are up is because of COVID affecting the supply chain. Inflation in prices and housing and in gas is because of deficit spending. That's Trump's fault. The invasion of Ukraine and the volatility of the oil market is no excuse for excessive price increases, profit padding, or any effort to exploit American consumers. The current spike in gas prices is largely the fault of Vladimir Putin. Putin's tax. That's, a, a, that's really Putin's Putin. gas hike. That's his gas hike. Are you guys just going to start blaming Putin for everything? Putin's mm-hmm. price hikes at the pump. Putin's price hike here at home. Putin. You should be blaming Putin, if anybody, for this. And to not blame Putin, first of all, is denying reality. And second, frankly, I think is un-American. Democrats didn't cause this problem. Vladimir Putin did. We've seen the price of gas go up at least 75 cents since President Putin lined up troops on the border of Ukraine. And people are feeling it. They're feeling it. Do you ever think you'd be paying this much for a gallon of gas? Yeah, we did when we when you became president. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, when we watched you kill the Keystone XL pipeline, for example. Yeah, 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 pretty much. So there's been a lot of uh, discussion, obviously, about uh, woke Disney and and, and all this uh, attempt to, to 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 shove all this trans LGBTQ plus plus A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V is that down everybody's uh, uh, kids' faces right here, and it's 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 there. It's awful. It's terrible. It's awful. Um, I really like what <clears throat> Megan Kelly said regarding the subject matter. She's a mom. And it's very simple, too. Just keep your woke nonsense away from our kids. Why is this so difficult? Why is it so hard? Just keep your woke nonsense away from our kids. That's all. Just let us have have the innocence of childhood before this world corrupts them. Can you just please not try to rush the process? And the problem is, of course, is that we're talking about extremists on the left. And I've always told you that extremists on the left are going to try very, very hard to indoctrinate your children at the earliest age possible. That's why they're so angry that you can't do it at kindergarten because it's really the time when their brains are probably most susceptible to the brainwashing. 
is that kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. I mean, it really, truly is. And, and I think the outrage right now about this is because of the fact that they can't. So it infuriates them because they know how easy it would be to be able to, to, to warp the mind of your children. And that frustrates them because they're lunatics with, a, with an agenda here. An agenda that, that the overwhelming majority of Republicans, Democrats, and Independents do not agree with. They do not agree with this agenda. I'm telling you right now. Disney and she have apparently made clear that they are going to be putting as many, you know, the acronym they use now is so long, LGBTQIA2 spirit goes on and on and on, all these folks, in as many Disney movies as possible. They That they want these characters to become ubiquitous in the Disney movies. And I, I think that is totally unnecessary and out of line. I don't want you to work out your wokeism on my kid. Thank you. Okay? Thank you. Do a movie that teaches tolerance, kindness, support for your fellow human beings. Don't shove two-spirit people, which, by the way, is not a thing, and pansexual. I had to look it up. You know what that means? It means you're attracted to everybody. So you're bi, I guess. That's that's not a thing. That's already a thing. They already have a letter. (laughs) I'm sorry, but please, all these glommers who just want attention. It's a new thing. Remember the Willow Smith one? And she was like, I'm this thing that means... um, I just, I only want to have sex with people I care about. Well, you mean normal? That's normal. Anyway, uh, it's good to know. I We owe a debt of gratitude to Carrie Burke for being so explicit about their plans uh, and to certainly Chris Rufo. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly right. Chris Rufo has done a great job of pointing this stuff out, of, of outing these Disney officials. He's done a great job of it, of bringing this to our attention. But you notice how they're not afraid to hide from any of this? You notice that? Like, they're not afraid to hide any of this and push this all out there in public and call you a bigot. Here is a um, non-binary teacher who is responsible for two-year-olds at a daycare, okay? This is from our friends at Libs at TikTok. They do great work over there. Uh, Very disappointed that they can't talk to your kids about gender and sexuality in the classroom. Here we go. It makes me very angry when people don't want to talk about gender and sexuality in classrooms. Um, Specifically for the reason that students won't understand um because in my experience with teaching that is never the case um i'm a non-binary teacher and i use the title mix um and today i had 12 new students and i just go hi my name is mix murphy q i use mix instead of miss it's a little bit different but i'm still a teacher just the same and they got it right away Oh, did they? I got mixed, mixed. instead of two year olds at daycare. Day. Um, and it makes it it confuses me when people use that um, excuse that children won't understand because students are very intelligent and they're learning all day. It's not hard for them to learn a different type of title. Okay, listen, um, mixed face. Here's the deal. All right, uh, the fact that you're proving my point that two year olds will understand exactly. Uh, whatever you tell them, you program them. So mix, they have no problem saying mix. They have no idea what the hell you're talking about. They don't know what it means, actually. But you're trying to make them programmed is what you're trying to do. You're trying to program them. They don't understand, but they'll do whatever they're told because they're two. They're two, mixed face. And that's the problem, all right? That's why we don't want this crap in the classroom. We don't need this. Here's how another teacher sneaks it into the curriculum. All right, hiding it from parents who might complain, because obviously parents would all complain. So that was an interesting comment uh, on my classroom decor video about 
how parents might complain. And there's actually a way to be really sneaky about supporting oh, specifically good. queer students in your classroom. And I want to show you it. So historically, the pink triangle um, was actually used in concentration camps to identify um, Jews. But you know what? It's really now be it's now it's Florida, right? Now we just represent the treatment that Ron DeSantis is doing to everybody. Go ahead, make the analogy. Gay women and also uh, people who are asexual, um, and now it's been co-opted by by the queer community um, to be a symbol of a safe space. Dropping a pink triangle somewhere in your room makes a huge difference because kids look for that, um, especially in places, especially in high school spaces, um, kids will look for that. And so that's kind of a sneaky way to show your support if you're in an area that might that you might get some pushback on, but still want to make sure that you have things. You're a sneak, aren't you? Oh, sneaky. Look at how sneaky you are sneaking that in. Huh? Look at you sneaking it in. Can we just please just leave this stuff out? I mean, this is what I understand. I, I don't want parents teaching about their, their straight sex life either to kids. I, I really don't. I, I don't need it. We just, that's all we're asking is to just keep this stuff out of the classroom. Gay, straight, and, and, and pan. Why is this so hard? Here's Governor Ron DeSantis answering some of this. Take a listen. Here. As many of you know, I think the last couple of years have really revealed uh, to parents uh, that... Uh, they are being ignored increasingly across our country when it comes to their kids' education. School officials asked my 13-year-old child her permission as to whether or not my parental rights would be honored. After many weeks of going back and forth with the district, we learned the middle school had created a transgender, gender non-conforming support plan with our 13-year-old daughter without our knowledge or consent. Later, other things came up, d disturbing things about medical choices that I think should be between the family. The kids were given extra credit if they made these medical choices. Um, second grade, mind you. There's not a single study in the entire world that says when parents are actively involved in their child's education that outcomes don't increase. It does not exist. It is an absolute truth. When parents are excluded from critical decisions affecting their child's health and well-being at school, it sends the message to children that their parents' input and authority are no longer important. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Here I stand. I'm not backing down. That's a great ad, first of all. And I'll tell you something, too. He's winning this. And, and the left is just setting him up perfectly. Setting him up perfectly. Now... The other thing that's in, in the news today right now is that the White House is angry that we're not going to allow children under the age of 12 to have, I don't know, surgery, basically, to mutilate their bodies in pursuit of changing their genders, which you can't change your gender. But that's that's what the outrage of the left is today. So you see how they keep going down a wackier and wackier rabbit hole? And for, that's what it is right now. The wackier and wackier rabbit hole right now is that they're angry that we won't allow, we won't, we'd stand in the way right now that minors can't obtain transgender surgeries. Got it? And here's what the White House says for gender affirming care for young people that they should be allowed puberty blockers to block puberty during puberty. Hormone therapy. Testosterone hormones for those who were assigned assigned female at birth. Can somebody tell me who does the assigning? Who does this assignment? 
Is it is it a committee of people in the sky? How does this work? Estrogen hormones for those who were assigned male at birth. Now, they acknowledge that this should be done early adolescence onward and that it's partially reversible. Gender-affirming surgeries. That's how they call it. Gender-affirming surgeries. It's another way to say we're going to allow you to mutilate your bodies. Top surgery to create male typical chest shape or enhanced breast. Bottom surgery, surgery on genitals or reproductive organs. Facial feminization or other procedures. Typically used in adulthood or case-by-case in adolescence. And they acknowledge it's not reversible. So they're standing behind the idea of using this potentially now in adolescence. And Jen Psaki's very upset that in Arizona, minors can't obtain transgender surgeries. It's true. The bill banning biological males for, I'm sorry, the bill banning that anyone, um, nobody is allowed to now get surgery if they are under the age of 12. And uh, the transgender community, of course, is upset by this. I don't know why. They shouldn't be. Gender affirming care is how they put it. Gender affirming care. I think it's it's just child abuse to think that minors should be able to have this kind of sex surgery. I think it's absolutely child abuse. And and as adults, we should have a responsibility to stand in the way and and stop them. We should we should not let this happen. But I'm just I'm really amazed though that we're having this conversation. Aren't you that the left doesn't see how badly they're losing this right now? I mean, part of the reason why the shellacking that Chuck Todd was talking about, that they're going to get a shellacking, part of the reason for this is that they don't understand. This is part of the reason why they're going to get a shellacking because parents have said enough and they want to be in the classroom. This is They want to be involved and they want to stand up to this stuff. It's why Ron DeSantis is winning. It really is. It's why Ron DeSantis is winning. And it's why Ron DeSantis is going to continue to win because the left keeps making it so easy for him. So easy for him. Let me leave you with this. This is a reminder as President Biden's talking about gas prices and everything else. This was his solemn pledge that there would be no more drilling on federal lands. And uh, I will leave you with this today. I was going to try to wait for the White House press briefing, but it doesn't look like, as usual, they're going to be starting on time today. So what are you going to do? Here we so go. I just want to give him a chance to respond okay. and then we can come right. back. Let's stay on. We're, we're yeah. staying yeah. on this issue. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Period. Ends. Number one. Got it? Period. Now, today, it's evil, evil, evil gas companies that are not drilling. It's evil oil companies that are not drilling. Got it? And it's still, though, at the end of the day, Putin's price um, and hike. And part pra- of that, Justice, Putin, is lowering costs. Putin's right now, of course, we have the Putin, Putin price hike price at, at the hike pump. At the pump. And it is uh, right? uh, something that has to be addressed. It, it, the it, price of, right? of uh, uh, oil uh, and uh, gasoline, uh, gas at the pump started going up when he started circling uh, Ukraine. <laughs> Biden's communications director coming out and saying, it's evil gas, it's Putin, it's COVID, it's everybody but us. Remember that. Unbelievable. Have a great day.